I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Don't set fire to my range. It's high noon for Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on the brand spanking new Frank Speech app. And my handle there is at Chris Paul. And go check out www.cancelcouture.com if you want a t-shirt or a coffee mug or something else really special. Today is... The 91st full day of Barack Obama's third term, as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth, Hunter Biden. So congratulations, communists. You have redefined intelligent voting the same way you have now redefined justice and accountability. But if you happen to be a redeemable commie, welcome, communist, to an American show. I don't know how you ended up here, but I'm glad you did. So I hope that you can stick around and that your ego can withstand 60 minutes of having your very weakly held beliefs mocked and ridiculed and exposed for the corrupt, evil, and thoroughly stupid ideas that they are. The good part is you're going to be okay. And in a few weeks, if you keep listening, I will just make you an American again. It's basically like a miracle weight loss cure for your mind. So sit back and try to enjoy it. Yesterday, we got the decision in the Derek Chauvin trial and the jury who faced rampant intimidation from public officials like Maxine Waters and the fake president, Joe Biden, as well as doxing from the Minnesota Star Tribune and various other fake news outlets throughout the country, decided that Derek Chauvin was guilty on all three counts, including second-degree murder, which requires him to have killed someone while committing a felony. And I'm not sure how anyone could reach that conclusion because the clearest felony being committed in that situation was George Floyd being publicly riddled 
by a fentanyl overdose and using counterfeit money to try to buy things in a convenience store where he was acting like the criminal drug addict he is. And I didn't think, I didn't give enough weight actually to the possibility that the jury might actually completely bend over in the face of intimidation and not one of them would stand up and say, no, I am not going along with this incredible injustice. But this is where we are now in 2021. Maybe I have too much faith in the American people. That is possible. I have been accused of worse. So if that's my error, I am happy to accept that. And to restate what I said yesterday, if they want to imply vicious, murderous intent to Derek Chauvin's knee on George Floyd's back for too long, as it might have been obvious that George Floyd was in threat of losing his life, I can see that point on some level. But the idea that this was murder or that this was somehow based on race is still preposterous to me. And I think that we'll find out down the line that this case will be overturned on appeal. Derek Chauvin has been moved into a maximum security prison where he is now on quote unquote suicide watch, which basically means that someone who knows Hillary Clinton (laughs) wants to go see him. Now, I have heard prominent people who I do respect and whose judgment I do trust, like Rudy Giuliani, say that, and I should say trust for the most part, you know, I mean, who trusts anyone all the time? Giuliani doesn't quite make that list. Michael Flynn makes that list. Lynn Wood makes that list. Sidney Powell makes that list. Donald Trump makes that list. Rudy ain't quite there, but I have generally a lot of respect for Rudy. So he thinks that on some level justice was served, and maybe it is, or maybe Rudy finds some advantage in saying that. I'm not sure exactly how to read everyone's comments in the aftermath of this, but my position is and will always be you can't murder someone who died from a drug overdose and from heart problems and has been close to death from drug overdoses in the past. I also have little sympathy for career criminals who continue to test their luck with the law and with heavy drugs. So, yes, I can say that it would be better if George Floyd didn't die, if Derek Chauvin was irresponsible in carrying out the duties of his office and medical care could have arrived, then Derek Chauvin should bear some responsibility for that. And so, you know, it's not like I think some great travesty has been committed against Derek Chauvin. I think a great travesty has been committed against the American justice system by public officials who try to influence the outcome of the case by communist domestic terrorist organizations, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, who have put the threat of real life violence and death and harassment on the doorstep of 
these jurors and any potential jurors in similar cases in the future. I think that this is a horrible road we've gone down and the extent to which the Democrat communist officials supporting this have done so, I think is a black mark against their characters and their careers. And I can't wait to watch those careers end. Now, no one, I think, has responded worse to this in the immediate aftermath than Nancy Pelosi, who said this. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, for being there to call out to your mom. How, how heartbreaking was that? Call out for your mom. I can't breathe. But because of you and because of thousands, millions of people around the world who came out for justice, your name will always be synonymous with justice. So a couple little observations about this video. As she's giving her speech, the woman over her left shoulder, I assume she's a congresswoman. I don't recognize her face which is obviously made harder by the fact that 70% of it is covered by a completely useless mask. And, you know, she's a Democrat congresswoman. So she has either been vaccinated or is lying about not being vaccinated. So the mask is pointless. But on the mask, it says on one side, good trouble. And on the other side, it has an icon of a fire. And I'm pretty confused about her choice of masks. I mean, if this is some brand I'm just not aware of and it's very fashionable for old congresswomen to wear it, perhaps it's nothing. Or maybe she didn't think about the obvious parallel one might draw between the idea of good trouble and the idea of fire intersecting with the Derek Chauvin verdict as the streets of our country get set on fire, as buildings are attacked, as diners are harassed like they were last night in New York City, a mob of people telling them that they need to get out of the city. We don't want you. We don't want your money. I think that they even were chanting, we don't want your taqueria. And it's like, yo, man, they're the diners. They didn't build the taqueria. What are you talking about? (laughs) You don't want taquerias? Why? Taquerias are awesome. What is it these people want? Honestly, it's very confusing. They're all basically overprivileged, really stupid college graduates. Like, what do they want to do more than go get tacos and brunch and stuff with avocados. That's like their favorite shit. Aside from burning down cities based on completely fantastical versions of what justice is. But I got to say, choice of masks is lacking. If a Republican was wearing a similar mask in a parallel situation, we can imagine that that would be called a justification for violence, a call for violence, a support of violent protest, protesting quotes. But the other thing you might notice there in Nancy's pathetic 
pillhead screed was how she mentioned that George Floyd was calling out for his mom. And it was part of the trial that it was said to be George Floyd's girlfriend he was calling out for who was there and who he refers to as mama. Okay, so Nancy Pelosi, again, is just lying, just blatantly lying. But neither of those things are where I want the focus to be. And I don't think that's what most people have focused on. What I want to focus on is the idea that Nancy Pelosi is turning George Floyd into a martyr. And by saying that he sacrificed himself, she's basically implying that he intended his death and that he intended that death to bring justice or that he was somehow in the process of fighting for justice as he died. And none of those things are true. George Floyd did not even know what was happening. His body was filled with narcotics. And it's generally safe to assume that career criminals do not hold justice in particularly high regard. So we can just throw that right out. But what's worse is that she's basically saying that George Floyd died for our country's sins of racism. George Floyd is being made into some deity. There's a photo floating around today of some ugly George Floyd mural painted on a wall with some dumb communist kneeling before it and praying. That's crazy. George Floyd died for the American sin of racism. Is that what we're meant to believe? Did George Floyd die for all our sins? Nancy, is that what we're meant to take from this? It's always a show. It's always a lie. Every event is just manipulated to achieve political goals. They have a George Floyd Justice in Policing Act. It was written by California Congresswoman Karen Bass. Karen Bass is a communist. I'm not just saying that like the way I normally say communist, like the casual sort of communism that the Obamis and Romneys often express. I'm talking about an actual dyed-in-the-wool communist, a history of communism. And it's no secret. You can look it all up. Karen Bass was on Joe Biden's short list of vice presidential candidates, even though there was no list and it was just going to be Kamala installed. But Karen Bass was on there. So some people checked into her background. This is all public information from last summer. It's not hard to find. I don't really want communists trying to figure out how the police should work especially rock dumb communists like Karen Bass. And of course, they attach George Floyd's name to it so that we can get the emotional drive that this is the sort of bill that would have saved George Floyd from that vicious white murderer. And of course, it won't do that. And it's not meant to do that. It is meant to reorganize policing in a way that best suits communists and the ever encroaching threat of global communism. And if you want to understand how this has nothing to do 
with justice for George Floyd, you can look at people like AOC. So no, this verdict is not justice. Frankly, I don't even think we call it full accountability because there are multiple officers that were there. It wasn't just, just Derek Chauvin. And I also don't want this moment to be framed as this system working, working, because it's not working. And that's what creates a lot of complexity in this moment. Now, you could hear there close to the end that AOC's brain basically shorted out. And she stared off pensively into the distance as if she was trying to summon an intelligent thought from worlds beyond. That clearly didn't happen. (laughs) She came back with saying, that's what creates the complexity in this moment. I mean, that's just straight up word salad. That doesn't mean anything. But let's focus on the other part of her statement, of course, that this is not justice. So what happened is simply not good enough. And this is what we see from a lot of representatives out of there and a lot of uh, uh, race baiters in the communist movement. They are saying that being found guilty on all of the charges is not enough. What else is it they might want? Well... They want to pass these communist police reforms. They want to abolish the police. They want to defund the police. But they also want to give moral license to Black Lives Matter and Antifa to go riot. Because really, that still is what this is all about. And of course, they're trying to hype another case today where a cop shot and killed a black girl who was 15 years old. And they're trying to make it like this was some incredible act of violence The girl was trying to stab people to death. When are cops allowed to shoot people? Let's let's get down to the basics here. If the person is about to take someone else's life, can you shoot them? Yeah, I think you can. If you're going around actively trying to kill people, you are putting your life on the line. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what color you are. How in the world did we get to the point where adults who imagine themselves as intelligent people are mad when a police officer saves people's lives as those people were about to be stabbed potentially to death? The police officer saved lives. That's the police officer's job. Our job as citizens is not to go around stabbing people, even when we're black and female and young. I know it's a lot of responsibility for a 15 year old to not go around stabbing people. But hey, them's the breaks. But who else is unsatisfied with how things are going. Well, Black Lives Matter is. Yesterday, they tweeted, 
Biden is currently sending more military equipment to our neighborhoods than Trump did. You read that right. Our communities are being terrorized at a greater rate than they had been under Trump. Oh, I can't wait till Black Lives Matter is red pilled. (laughs) That would be absolutely hilarious if Black Lives Matter like woke up and realized how dumb the thing they're doing is and how much everyone on the ground that thinks that they are authentically involved in trying to fight for justice for black Americans realizes that they've all been exploited. That would be delicious. I could eat that for a year. And this, of course, is on the heels of Breonna Taylor's mother releasing a statement, or I should say just making a Facebook post. She wasn't like releasing a proper statement, but she basically said Black Lives Matter is a complete fraud. And she used that word. I'm not making it up. I'm not summarizing her statement. She said Black Lives Matter is a fraud. No one has reached out to help her. There's no money coming to her. They haven't done anything except exploit the situation. And of course, that's what they've done. We know that's what they do. But it kind of has a different ring to it when Breonna Taylor's own mother says it, doesn't it? So we will see what the response is in terms of violence in the streets. And listen, I do hope it's minimal but I don't expect it to be. They're going to keep trying to find something. It would be shocking to me if this decision, these three guilty verdicts, actually pacify a massive group of violent domestic terrorists and insurrectionists as Black Lives Matter and Antifa are. I don't see that coming. But hey, I didn't see a guilty verdict coming either. Now, not to be outdone in the realm of completely irresponsible and destructive communist propaganda, Joe Biden gave a speech after the verdict came in And he planned to do that before the verdict came in. So I guess that they either knew what the verdict was and had a speech prepared, or perhaps they wrote two competing speeches. But both of those scenarios are very odd. Because the political motivations in the speech wouldn't have changed either way. So they're basically saying, if we get the decision that we would call the just decision, then we present all of this as a problem. And if we get the decision that we deem the unjust decision, then we present the same things as problems. Kind of makes it seem like it's not about George Floyd at all, doesn't it? But anyway, here is this creepy old communist criminals statement. Today, a jury in Minnesota found former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin guilty on all counts in the murder of George Floyd last May. It was a murder in the full light of day, and it ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see the systemic racism the vice president just referred to. Because, of course, Kamala's got to say stuff before Joe goes on. 
They make it seem like it's some opening act. But really, it's the main statement, and then everybody just shuts the TV off. The systemic racism that is a stain on our nation's soul, the knee on the neck of justice for black Americans, the profound fear and trauma, the pain, the exhaustion that black and brown Americans experience every single day. Hey, black and brown Americans, if you are exhausted every single day by police, it's your fault. Because you're listening to too many communists. Okay? The police aren't hunting you. It's time to grow up and stop believing communists. I'm sorry that you sometimes experience racism. I know that's real. But the police aren't hunting you. And if you think they are, I don't know what to tell you. Because the data doesn't bear that out at all. No matter what Vox tells you or HuffPo or Nancy Pelosi or any of these other communists in media, in political office, in tech, anywhere else, and especially in the academy. Good God, the universities are responsible for basically all of this. But despite whatever they tell you. The idea that police are targeting or hunting black and brown people is absolutely false. And let's not just glide over the fact that he is including brown people in this problem, quote unquote, brown people. Now, is this a Black Lives Matter issue or is this just something where you're trying to convince Hispanics that see the Democrat Communist Party for exactly what it is? And that's why they voted for Trump last fall. Are you just trying to convince them that they are somehow victims of systemic racism as well that has been around since slavery? Did Was there uh, Hispanic slavery in the United States that everyone just missed? Was that in the 1619 Project? And let's talk about systemic racism for a second. There is one institution left in the United States of America that is systemically racist. That institution is the Democrat Communist Party. The Democrat Communist Party was responsible for the KKK. They were responsible for Jim Crow. They are responsible for the carnage in the urban streets of America. As they are the ones that run almost all of the cities where these things happen. That is the systemically racist institution. The Democrat Communist Party and Joe Biden, a man who was mentored by a grand legal and exalted Cyclops in the Klan, has now been lifted up into the fake presidency. The communists literally stole an election to install this creepy old degenerate racist as fake president. The systemic racism is coming from inside the house, commies. Now, if you think I'm giving short shrift to this argument, I accept that. I don't want to spend all day talking about systemic racism. I put out 
an essay that I had written last year. I put out the podcast recording of it once again on this past Saturday. So just scroll down a little way, listen to Apocalypse Now, and you can hear the entire argument. Back to the fake president's words that someone else wrote. The murder of George Floyd launched a summer of protests we hadn't seen since the civil rights era in the 60s. Protests that unified people of every race and generation in peace and with purpose to say enough, enough, enough of the senseless killings. Now, every word of that is a lie. A, George Floyd wasn't murdered. B, that was not a summer of protest. That was a summer of riots and violence and looting and burning and murder and senseless beating and intimidation. That's what last summer was. They had a little occupied zone in Seattle. Seattle's mayor, Jenny Durkin, called it the summer of love. And that occupied zone stayed there, totally unlawful, until the number of murders and rapes grew high enough that she had to respond. That's not a joke. You can read about that in Vox. Murders and rapes. It's not some conservative opinion. It's not some right-wing story. It's not a conspiracy theory. They set up an autonomous zone and there were rapes and murders. They took over a police precinct. And Joe Biden says that these protests unified people of every race and generation. What? The country is sick of this shit. This is disgusting. Honestly, disgusting. Everyone should be disgusted. That that summer that we witnessed, not on mainstream media, that's for damn sure. But if you were paying attention, you saw video of some of the most heinous things you have ever seen in your life. Things that you can't even believe are happening on American streets. And he has the temerity to call it unifying. In peace and with purpose. Enough of the senseless killings. Really, Joe? Why don't you head on over to Democrat corruption stronghold, Chicago, Illinois, and see how the senseless killings are going over there? A five-year-old was just murdered last weekend. How about that, Joe? Is that a senseless killing? A man dying of a drug overdose while being restrained by the police, maybe for too long. We could call that sad. It's hard to call it a senseless killing, though, because he died of a drug overdose. Today, today's verdict is a step forward. I just spoke with the governor of Minnesota, who thanked me for the close work with his team. Oh, really? What close work were you doing with the governor of Minnesota on this case, Joe Biden? Because the event happened while you weren't in office. The verdict happened while you were illegitimately in office. What work did you do with them? I would really love to know what work the fake White House did in coordination 
with the governor's office of Minnesota to reach this verdict. That would be very interesting. I would love to find that out. I also just spoke with George Floyd's family again, a remarkable family of extraordinary courage. Nothing can ever bring their brother, their father back, but this can be a giant step forward in the march toward justice in America. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose nothing can bring him back, but it seems like they're probably stoked with the $27 million rather than the criminal drug addict brother. They did take the deal. Let's also be clear that such a verdict is also much too rare. For so many people, it seems like it took a unique and extraordinary convergence of factors. A brave young woman with a smartphone camera. A crowd that was traumatized. Traumatized witnesses. A murder that lasts almost 10 minutes in broad daylight for, ultimately, the whole world to see. Officers standing up and testifying against a fellow officer instead of just closing ranks, which should be commended. A jury who heard the evidence carried out their civic duty in the midst of an extraordinary moment under extraordinary pressure. Oh, really? Well, that's strange. I thought jury trials were set up so that our peers could objectively judge the truth or falsity of evidence and the guilt or innocence of the accused. Why is extraordinary pressure involved? Extraordinary pressure is not supposed to be part of the judicial system. For so many, it feels like it took all of that for the judicial system to deliver a just, just basic accountability. Oh, I mean, I guess that they just write down his words literally here. So as he weakly sputters all of these pathetic words out, I guess they just write down whatever he's saying. I'm sure that they've edited it since, though. We saw how traumatic and exhausting just watching the trial was for so many people. Oh, really? Watching a trial on television is traumatic? You know how you can solve that? Don't watch it. Think about it. Those of you who are listening, think about how traumatic it was for you. You weren't there. You didn't know any of the people. But it was difficult, especially for the witnesses who had to relive that day. It's a trauma on top of the fear so many people of color live with every day when they go to sleep at night and pray for the safety of themselves and their loved ones. Really? Think about how traumatic it was for you. This is just the most pathetic leadership imaginable. He's trying to get these brain-dead commies to just get more and more deeply into their feelings of victimhood. It is a constant cycle of self-victimization with these supporters of the Democrat Communist Party. And I should have remarked this earlier, but only 36% of this country thinks that George Floyd was murdered. Consider that. Two out of every three people in this country understand that that was not murder. They pretend that the entire country is constantly on their side when almost none of it is. Yet we're still expected to believe that seven million more people went out and voted for Joe Biden than Donald Trump. Give me a break. 
Again, as we saw in this trial, from the fellow police officers who testified, most men and women who wear the badge serve their communities honorably. Oh, really? Then why does Black Lives Matter exist and why do we need to abolish or defund the police? But those few who fail to meet that standard must be held accountable. And they were today. One was. No one should be above the law. And today's verdict sends that message. Oh, really, Joe? What about you, Joe? You have sold your office for five decades. Your son lied on a federal document to purchase a handgun. You know, one of those things you're trying to outlaw. He has compromising sexual images of minors on his computer. And you know it, Joe. You know it. Really, say it again. Say no one should be above the law, Joe. Say it, say it. All right, I'll say it. Say it, Joe. No one should be above the law. Put Hunter in prison forever. Show us that your words mean anything, you fucking communist scum. Joe lied in the debates about Hunter Biden's laptop being real. It's real. It wasn't discredited. It isn't Russian disinformation. It wasn't hacked. It's real. There is proof on that laptop of your crimes and Hunter's crimes. And you know it. And the Department of Justice hid it. From December of 2019, they hid exculpatory evidence that would have completely nullified the first impeachment sham of Donald Trump. Where was justice then, Joe? Your son is a degenerate drug addict. And you have sold your office and sold out the interests of this country to your foreign adversaries for five decades, Joe. Tell us again how no one should be above the law. But what else does this brain dead creep have to say? But it is not enough. We can't stop here. In order to deliver real change and reform, we can and must do more to reduce the likelihood that tragedies like this will ever happen and occur again. Well, happen and occur are the same word, Joe. To ensure that black and brown people or anyone. Oh, oh, anyone. Are you saying that white lives matter? Or all lives matter, Joe? Is that what you're saying? You could be executed for that, Joe. You better watch it. So they don't fear the interactions with law enforcement, that they don't have to wake up knowing that they can lose their very life in the course of just living their life. They don't have to worry about whether their sons or daughters will come home after a grocery store run or just walking down the street or driving their car or playing in the park or just sleeping at home. Oh, well, Joe, that sounds to me like you are referencing the entire fake narrative about Breonna Taylor, that she was just sleeping in her bed 
and cops walked in on a no-knock raid and shot her where she slept. Well, we know that's not true, Joe, because those police officers were returning fire. And Breonna Taylor's own boyfriend said that Breonna Taylor was the one shooting at the cops. He says it on the body cam footage of the event. And let's not forget, by the way, that Breonna Taylor is not some upstanding citizen. She hangs out with drug dealers and murderers. A dead body was found in the trunk of a car that she had rented. Why the lies, Joe? And this takes acknowledging and confronting head on systemic racism and the racial disparities that exist in policing and in our criminal justice system more broadly. You know, state and local government and law enforcement needs to step up, but so does the federal government. That's why I have appointed the leadership at the Justice Department that I have that is fully committed to restoring trust between law enforcement and the community they are sworn to serve and protect. I have complete confidence in the Attorney General, General Garland's leadership and commitment. Oh, yeah, the entire country has great confidence in his leadership. We watched his confirmation hearing. He seems very competent. I have also nominated two key Justice Department nominees, Vanita Gupta and Kristen Clark, who are eminently qualified, highly respected lawyers who have spent their entire careers fighting to advance racial equity and justice. Well, that's not what lawyers are supposed to do, Joe. Racial equity is not part of the fight for justice. Justice is justice under the law, not justice as determined by race. Vanita and Kristen have the experience and skill necessary to advance our administration's priorities to root out unconstitutional policing and reform our criminal justice system, and they deserve to be confirmed. What is unconstitutional policing, Joe? Please tell us. Because everyone around you wants to defund and abolish policing. So I just want to focus in on which parts you think are unconstitutional. We also need Congress to act. George Floyd was murdered almost a year ago. There's meaningful police reform legislation in his name. You just heard the vice president speak of it. She helped write it. Oh, good. Another communist. Legislation to tackle systemic misconduct in police departments, to restore trust between law enforcement and the people that are entrusted to serve and protect. But it shouldn't take a whole year to get this done. Oh, right. Yeah. Next time, what we should do is watch a situation happen, listen to all the lies the Democrat Communist Party and the media tell about it, and then immediately, completely overturn our entire system of justice. That's what should happen. Good call, Joe. In my conversations with the Floyd family, and I spoke with them again today. Yeah, Joe, you already said that. I assured them that we're going to continue to fight for the passage of the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act so we can, I can, sign it into law as quickly as possible. Wait, who's going to sign it, Joe? Is it we? Is it you and Kamala? Or is it just Kamala? And there's more to do. Finally, it's the work we do every day to change hearts and minds as well as laws and policies. That's the work we have to do. Only then will full justice and full equality be delivered to all Americans. And that's what I just discussed with the Floyd family. Hey, Joe, 
Did former KKK member Robert Byrd teach you about talking like this and how to change hearts and minds as well as laws and policies? The guilty verdict does not bring back George, but through the family's pain, they are finding purpose. So George's legacy will not be just about his death, but about what we must do in his memory. Yeah, Joe, how about we close down the border and stop allowing the Chinese Communist Party to funnel fentanyl into our society through our southern border? That's something that we can do in George Floyd's honor. The most memorable thing about George Floyd, aside from his prior crimes, was the impact of fentanyl on his life. I also spoke to Gianna, George's young daughter again. When I met her last year, I've said this before at George's funeral, I told her how brave I thought she was. And I sort of knelt down to hold her hand. I said, Daddy's looking down on you. He's so proud. She said to me then, I'll never forget it, Daddy changed the world. Hey, Joe. She didn't say that. And you know she didn't say that. And stop sniffing little kids. Well, I told her this afternoon, Daddy did change the world. Let that be his legacy. A legacy of peace, not violence. Of justice. What? The entire legacy of this period is one of violence. It is one where the term peaceful protest has been completely eradicated. The meaning is gone. Peaceful expression of that legacy are inevitable. I mean, that's not a sentence. Peaceful expression of that legacy are inevitable and appropriate, but violent protest is not. Oh, thanks for saying that 10,000 words into this stupid speech. And there are those who will seek to exploit the raw emotions of the moment, agitators and extremists who have no interest in social justice, who seek to carry out violence, destroy property, to fan the flames of hate and division, who will do everything in their power to stop this country's march toward racial, racial justice. We can't let them succeed. Oh, you're using those commie words again, Joe, huh? Social justice. That's interesting. Would you call yourself a social justice warrior, Joe? This is the time for this country to come together, to unite as Americans. There can never be any safe harbor for hate in America, except, you know, in the Senate, as long as it's just Robert Byrd and he's just mentoring Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton. But besides there, no safe harbor for hate. And it's kind of off topic, but let's all just take a second and remember how Kamala Harris helped Jussie Smollett carry out his race hoax. And then she called it a modern day lynching. Just always something nice to remember. And wait a second, you just said now is the time for the country to unite. But you said that the country united last summer in protest. Huh? It's almost like not everyone is uniting with violent protests and false race narratives. And lies about statistics, lies about systemic racism. 64% of the country does not think that George Floyd was murdered. How do you expect them to unite with this communist insanity, Joe? 
It's not going to happen. More than half the country knows you weren't legitimately elected. Your election is on the verge of being overturned, Joe. Everyone in the country is going to know that you didn't get anywhere close to 81 million votes. No one is uniting with you, Joe. You fake unifier. (laughs) You complete and utter fraud. I've said it many times. The battle for the soul of the nation has been a constant push and pull for more than 240 years. A tug of war between the American ideal that we're all created equal and the harsh reality that racism has long torn us apart. Well, you know what else tears us apart, Joe? Communism. Communism tears every society apart, which is why it always ends in the killing of millions of people and the destruction of societies. At our best, the American ideal wins out. So we can't leave this moment or look away thinking our work is done. We have to look at it. We have to. We have to look at it as we did for those nine minutes and 29 seconds. We have to listen. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Those were George Floyd's last words. We can't let those words die with him. We have to keep hearing those words. Really, Joe, are you advocating for more people to die of fentanyl overdoses? We must not turn away. We can't turn away. We have a chance to begin to change the trajectory in this country. It's my hope and prayer that we live up to the legacy. May God bless you and may God bless the George Floyd and his family. Thank you for taking the time to be here. This can be a moment of significant change. Thank you. It's strange that Joe Biden always pays momentary respect to the American ideal as if he wishes to uphold it. Every sentence of that speech was directed at tearing down the American ideal. The fact that he interfered with the justice system and with trial by jury before this verdict is antithetical to the American ideal. The encroachment of global communism is antithetical to the American ideal saying that you think no one should be above the law while you have sold your office for 50 years and are currently protecting your son who is a criminal and who has compromising sexual images of minors on his computer, Joe, that is antithetical to the American ideal. I don't know how much longer we are going to have to deal with a fake president in office, but I sure hope it's not very long. And let's hope that while he is there, neither him nor the Democrat Communist Party, which he is the ostensible figurehead of, continue this inflammatory, incendiary, race-baiting nonsense that has the actual real potential of setting this country on fire. The Democrat Communist Party has been for years inciting insurrection. This is what it actually looks like. Not telling people to 
Walk peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol and make your voices heard. That is not inciting anything. This is what incitement looks like. This country is better than this. This country is better than having this national disgrace and embarrassment pretending to lead it. And I thought the podcast was over. I had just done the ending and exported it to upload it. And as soon as I check my phone, what do I see? Well, tensions rising at scene of deputy involved shooting in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. So I guess we have our riot excuse. Let's see how this one goes. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never, never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range.
It's hell!